This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about UFOs and nukes. That's correct, UFOs and nukes. Now, it seems clear from all the eyewitness reports that UFOs have more than a passing interest in nukes, nuclear energy, nuclear weapons. This first article comes to us from uh, the BBC. Uh, the article came out uh, back in January of this year. This would have been just before the hostilities broke out in Ukraine. It says, Sweden drones sightings reported over nuclear plants and palace. Now, this sounds to me like a typical whitewash of mass UFO sightings. What they're calling drones, we never really get a clear a definition of what was cited, uh, a clear explanation. They just had these uh, unauthorized uh, incursions over their airspace, and they chose to call them drones. And to me, these look like a clear case of UFOs. It says, days of sightings of drones over key Swedish sites, including nuclear power plants, have prompted the country's security services to take the lead in an investigation. Now look, I don't know much about Sweden, but if this is, if we're to take this at face value, that the military is incapable of protecting that country against drone incursions over its nuclear plants and over the nation's palace, then what good are they? It says, three nuclear sites have been targeted and sightings have been reported over airports and the royal palace. Authorities have not speculated on who is behind the mysterious drones. That's some scary stuff. Your country has has their airspace violated over multiple uh, airports, nuclear power plants, and your government headquarters, but you're not speculating on who it might be. Now, you're telling us it's drones, but if it's drones, how did they get into your airspace? And why weren't you able just to follow these things and track them down? Those drones, have to, they have to land sometime, right? It says the latest sightings on Monday evening involved a drone above the Forsnack nuclear plant, but security agency SAPO said it, all, said it was also investigating earlier drone flights near the Ringsel and Oskarsham power plants. Police appealed to the public to come forward with information. How pathetic is that? You have these incursions of these unidentified objects, with, which they're just automatically calling drones, but you're asking the public for help? What's the public supposed to do? Why don't you people know where these things landed at? They have to land sometime. If they were drones, they had a takeoff point and a landing point. How hard could they be to track if you have all this military equipment at your disposal? It says, Sapo said the drones were <clears throat> suspected of grave, unauthorized dealing with secret information. But the Swedish military don't know, don't care. The security service is conducting the investigation regarding the drone flights over our nuclear plants. Regarding other drone observations, it's so far a matter for the police, SAPO official Frank Holtgren told the BBC. Wow. 
And I thought things were bad in the U.S., but these guys are so lazy, so detached, that their military will take zero effort to track these things down and instead says it's a matter for the police. So you're assuming the police have the resources to track these things. This whole thing just stinks to high heaven. He refused to give details about the type of drone, but they have been widely described as a military as military style and as having large wings. They've been widely described. Described by who? We don't see a single eyewitness account here. Swedish TV reported that a police helicopter was following a drone above it at a height of 1,000 meters, 3,280 feet, to the southwest and northwest of the capital, Stockholm. Where your TV show, a TV reporter, where's the video? And where do they follow it to? According to the Optenblas news site, a drone was seen over the weekend circling the parliament and government buildings as well as the royal palace in Stockholm. Drones were early reported spotted near Karuna and Lulila airports. Prosecutors are keeping an open mind over who is behind the drone flights. They come at a time of increased military alert in Sweden because of tensions between Russia and the West over the Russian military buildup near the borders of Ukraine. Now, the last time I checked, Sweden was neutral. So this would be a major incursion if these were Russian military drones. And if they are, why not just come out and say it? Sweden has recently deployed troops to the Baltic island of Gotland in what officials described as a signal that Sweden's military forces are ready to defend their territory. That's a joke. They're ready to defend their territory and they can't even follow a drone to its landing site? Are you kidding me? Sweden is not a member of the NATO Defense Alliance, but said it was responding to three Russian landing craft moving into the Baltic Sea through Denmark's Great Barrier Strait. Now this just, to me, demonstrates the utter incompetence of governments in general, but specifically here the government of Sweden, of not dealing with a UFO incursion into their web, into their airspace. They immediately, uh, they immediately just say, "Oh, well, that's a drone." with zero photographic evidence, zero eyewitness evidence, and then they just refuse to do anything about it. Oh, it's a police matter. Wow. You know, I, I it puzzles me, it boggles my mind how people can live in a country where they are so poorly represented by their government. They're paying all these taxes, but this government in Sweden is doing absolutely nothing to protect its citizens from UFO incursions, other than just saying, well, these things are drones, we don't know where they come from, if anybody has an idea, let us know. Well, if that's not a cover-up, I don't know what is. Now, this article here comes to us from the New York Post, and this came out on October 21st, 2021. These these UFO uh, nuclear power plant, nuclear weapons uh, interactions have a long history. This one says, former Air Force chief claims he once saw a UFO firing at nuke missiles launched from secret base. It says, a former Air Force chief claimed today how he saw a UFO firing four beams of light at a nuclear missile missile undergoing testing. Ex-U.S. Air Force First Lieutenant Robert Jacobs alleged a craft resembling a flying saucer circled the dummy warhead during a test flight in California during 19... 
1964. So this has been, you know, almost 60 years ago. They're at this test flight of this dummy nuclear weapon. There's actually not a there's actually not a nuclear warhead on it, obviously, but it's a simulation of a nuclear warhead, and they're firing this thing off. He's there to photograph it, and this is where this happens at. But despite his claims of what he saw, the former serviceman was ordered never to breathe a word of what he saw, a bombshell press conference heard. Along with other former American Air Force chiefs, Dr. Jacobs was giving evidence about how aliens tampered with weapon systems during tests at nuclear bases and even shut the missiles down. Giving his testimony at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., he said, quote, I was part of an Air Force cover-up. It was shaped like a flying saucer and was firing a beam of light at our warhead. So while this rocket is, is, is in mid-flight, this UFO was chasing it and firing this light beam at it, laser beam, whatever it is. He says, on September 14, 1964, he was in charge of about a hundred of a hundred-man unit. Jacobs had been dispatched to the Big Sur in California to photograph with high-speed instrumentation at at Atlas D missile launch from Vandenberg. This is because all three stages of the rocket's powered flight were to be observed, including the separation of a dummy warhead on the edge of space. But the next day, Dr. Jacobs, now a professor at Bradley University, said he was called into the office of Major Florence J. Mansman, where three people in gray suits were standing, whom he later claimed were CIA. He said, Major Mansman said, Lieutenant, sit down and watch this. He turned the projector on, and the most amazing thing happened. Dr. Jacobs continued, We could see the bottom three stages of that rocket filling the frame from 160 miles away. It was amazing. The clarity was beautiful, and we watched it go through all three stages of powered flight. The nose cone opened up, and the radar shaft aluminum foil spread out. This is 1964, and they've got that quality of photography back then. But here, we're almost 2024, and the only kind of UFO photography we can get is grainy, blurry images that look like they came off of a really bad uh, home surveillance camera. Just think about that. He says, we were testing to see if we could launch a nuclear warhead into orbit slightly above the nuclear shaft so the Russians would aim their anti-missiles at the shaft and our little warhead would fly over and obliterate Moscow. That was the game we were playing. Horrifying to think about it in retrospect. But suddenly, from in the frame, he claimed they saw an object following the test missile, which was traveling at 8,000 miles per hour. Think about 8,000 miles per hour. Was that like 12 times the speed of sound? The UFO was said to have homed in on and fired four beams at the warhead. So while this rocket is, is you know racing through the atmosphere 8,000 miles per hour, this UFO... Uh, Observes, observes it, tracks it, chases after it, and fires not one but four beams into this warhead. Dr. Jacobs said it then flew out of the frame the same way it had come in. At that point, the warhead tumbled out of space. The light came on, and Major Manson said, and the two guys in gray suits looked at me, and the Major said, were you guys screwing around up there? At the camera site, I said, no, sir. And he said, what was that? And I said, it looks to me like we have a UFO. 
but the baffled young lieutenant was ordered to belt up or else. Dr. Jacobs said he, escort, he escorted me to his door and said, I don't need to remind you of the seriousness of the security breach. I said, no, sir. But as I left, he leaned over to speak in my ear as if to say something the guys in the suits couldn't hear. He said, Lieutenant, if you were ever tortured in the future, somebody has you up against the wall and they're frying your privates with fire, you can tell them it was laser tracking. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So you see, right there, this major begins a pre-bunking with this young lieutenant. It's endemic in the system. Okay? They see the UFO, blasts this warhead, basically disables their their missile system. But instead of them all coming together and saying, Wow, this is this is really amazing. We have this uh, we have this UFO that's obviously not from this place, not from it's it's not a Russian, it's obviously not a Chinese, not nineteen sixty four, and it's able to dis able a missile that's going 8,000 miles per hour, instead of just being in awe of this thing and thinking about, well, what do we do here? They immediately begin to, they immediately begin the cover-up right there in the office while they're watching the, the film, the film that we're never going to be able to see. Just tell them it was a laser. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It was a laser tracking. Yep, yeah, sounds, sounds reasonable. Four former U.S. Air Force captains, oh, then he says he added what we... What we are here today to tell you is this is a real event that is the most important event in the history of mankind. We are not alone. Four former U.S. Air Force captains will speak about warning incidents going back several decades. So there you have it, 1964. Now this is from a year ago. They had the press conference, and they're all hopeful that we'll get disclosure. And you know what? It's been a year and a half later. No disclosure. Now, it goes on here to a next uh, incident. This one, it says, Former Air Force Officer Robert Salas was the on-duty commander of an underground launch control facility assigned to Malmstrom Air Force Base, Montana, U.S., on March 24, 1967. So this would have been about two and a half years later. He claims all ten of his intercontinental ballistic missiles became inoperable. Salas added that eight days earlier, on March 16, 1967, a similar incident occurred at another missile launch facility. Speaking to Sun Online, he was helpful. Following he was hopeful following the press conference, the U.S. Air Force would finally break its silence about UFOs. Well, have they? No, I don't think so. He said, we hope to put enough pressure on people and government to call for open hearings. If we have open congressional hearings, we all know a lot more about the subject because there is a lot of documentation and credible witnesses out there who are reluctant to testify. That's the way the deep state likes it. They force these people to sign all sorts of secrecy agreements. Uh, they, have to, they have to maintain those uh, oaths of silence under penalty of law. It says the Pentagon is hoping they can just sit back and write their little reports to congressional committees, and then it just gets lost in the background. That's another reason I'm doing this, to keep the, to keep the pressure on and keep it out in the media again, and hopefully we can make some inroads. 
The U.S. Air Force has been silent. The Navy has come out and said they have, they now have procedures for the pilots to report these sites. Yes, we heard that clear back in the 1960s with Gerald Ford, and still we don't have any answers. And as far as putting pressure on the government to release facts about the UFOs, good luck with that. We, we saw this a, a couple, three years ago when Trump was in office and they were supposed to release some more articles, some more uh, papers uh, on the JFK assassination. And, you know, Trump let people think right up to the day before that, oh, yeah, he's going to release papers. And then he didn't do it. You know, he ran on this whole concept of transparency. But when it came right down to it, of releasing some little bit of information that might that might shed a bad light on a family name of which the members involved have probably been dead for years, you can't even have that. They have to keep the status quo in place. So there's never going to be disclosure. The only disclosure you're going to get is when you stand out in your backyard and look up in the sky and see for yourself. That's your disclosure. The disclosure is the truth that you crowdsource yourself online. That's your disclosure. You're never going to get it from these guys. But the, the problem is, is we can only hope and pray that these things aren't aggressive because they are interacting with nuclear power plants. They are interacting with nuclear weapons systems. And whether they just ignore it like they did here in the U.S. or whether they just, or whether the powers that be uh, automatically come out before anything's even provided as evidence and say, oh, those were drones, those were fixed-wing aircraft. We don't know where they came from. We don't know where they went to. Uh, could you give us a phone call if you know anything? That kind, that, that kind of incompetence. Either way, we're dealing with the same thing. We're dealing with this wall between us and the truth. So we have to find our own truth. It goes on here. One more article I want to look at. This is from uh, CBS News. I think this was from about 2010. Yeah, September 28, 2010. It says, ex-Air Force personnel, UFOs deactivated nukes. It says, whatever the mysterious lights were in the sky, they seem to have an interest in our nukes. One of the more out-of-the-ordinary press conferences held in Washington this week consisted of former Air Force personnel testifying to the existence of UFOs and their ability to neutralize American and Russian nuclear missiles. UFO researcher Robert Hastings of Alberta, New Mexico, who organized the National Press Club briefing, said more than 120 former service members had told him they had seen unidentified flying objects near nuclear weapon storage and testing grounds. That's 120. That's just the people I talked to him. So this is an ongoing, routine thing for these UFOs to be invading our airspace around our nuclear weapons and nuclear storage piles, nuclear plants. It says, Robert Jameson, a retired U.S. Air Force nuclear missile targeting officer, this is a third guy now, told of several occasions having to go out and restart missiles that had been deactivated after UFOs were sighted nearby. So when they're not shooting them down, the, the, dummy UF, the dummy nuclear missiles, they're just deactivating them. Apparently, they're a little concerned about us having nuclear weapons. And really, how could you blame them? It says CBS affiliate KSWT describes Britain's Walswell, Roswell, a case of unidentified phenomena, December 1980 incident near two Royal Air Force bases in Suffolk, England. Several U.S. Air Force personnel reported seeing a strange metallic object hovering in Reynoldsham Forest near RAF Woodbridge and found three depressions on the ground. Of course, we know all about that. 
this uh, this UFO was reported and actually appeared to have landed on the ground. Speaking at Monday's press meeting, retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Charles Halt said in that December of 1980, when he was deputy base commander at RAF Bentwaters, strange lights in the forest were investigated by three patrolmen. Halt said they reported approaching a triangular craft approximately three meters on a side, that's about ten foot, dark metallic in appearance with strange markings. They were observing it for a period of time, and then it very quickly and silently vanished at high speed. Two nights later, Halt investigated another sighting near the base when he was told by the base commander it's back. Halt, find it, Halt found indentations in the ground, broken branches, and low-level background radiation. He and his team also witnessed various lights moving silently in the sky, one of which was shedding something like molten metal. Another shined a beam of light down toward them. This, the incidents were never full, officially explained. Well, they have never been explained, period. I mean, it looks like there was probably some sort of UFO encounter there that was, you know... Uh, observing nearby uh, UFO, n- nearby nuclear weapons. Several of the ex-service members speaking Monday said when they brought their concern of such appearances to superiors, they've been told it was a top, it was top secret or that it didn't happen. Hastings suggests the appearance of such phenomena meant that aliens were monitoring our weapons and perhaps warning us assigned to Washington and Moscow that we are playing with fire, as he was quoted in the Telegraph. Hastings predicted a paradigm shift in the mindset of humanity owing to the existence of alien life. Traditionally, institutions such as religions, governments, other social institutions may be threatened by what is coming. That is just a logical consequence of what is about to occur. The U.S. Air Force ended its 22-year-long Project Blue Book investigation, UFO sightings, after investigating 12,618 sightings. All but 701 were explained, and the remainder categorized as unidentified due to sketchy reports, a Pentagon spokesman said in 1997. Sketchy reports. Now, if you've read through some of those reports, you know they were anything but sketchy. They were actually quite specific. We cannot substantiate the existence of UFOs, and we are not harboring the remains of UFOs, said Pentagon spokesman Keith Bacon in 1997. I can't be more clear about it than that. Now, since 1997, of course, they've uh, softened up a little bit to say, well, there are probably a few things, not many that we can't explain. But the fact is, even... even, uh, Navy pilots who have brought back video of eyewitness accounts are being told that what they actually saw was space space trash. So I think what we see in these reports is what we see every time we have these reports. It doesn't matter if, if they're talking about somebody out in the middle of the desert that saw an aircraft that, you know, really was just uh, a mundane report, or if it's actual aircraft craft flying over a nuclear power plant, aircraft flying over a nuclear weapon storage, or even uh, a, a UFO shooting down a nuclear uh, a dummy drone, we get the same response from uh, the powers that be, the government, the deep state, the intelligence community. Either you didn't see anything, uh, it was a drone, it was a laser, it was some, you know, explainable excuse that's really not explainable. And don't pay attention, don't talk about it, move on. 
But what we know from our own instinct is that these these incursions over nuclear airspace, like 120 that reported, and there's just and there's just one uh, report from 2010. So they are happening all the time. They're happening in Sweden this year. They're happening in the United States. They're happening in Europe. They're happening in Russia and China. Everywhere that there are nuclear power plants or nuclear weapons, they are experiencing incursions by UFOs. And the story from the government is always the same. Well, it was a drone. We don't know where it came from. We don't know where it landed. If you have any idea, give us a call. That's not good enough. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.